On this episode of the OneCast, Pete and I are going to run our mouths about upcoming events, current events and upcoming events in the fishing industry, and we're just going to wrap a little bit because, uh, you know what, that's what we like to do, so check us out. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. It's a f***ing toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. All of the OneCast fans, welcome back. I'm joined here with Pete to my left. What up? And we are missing somebody today, but that's okay. He's on the road right now. Ben, we wish you well uh, in your safe travels. He's been traveling around, getting ready to head to uh, Missouri, I think that is. Yep. And he yep. just came back from Florida. So uh, we uh, we miss him, but he's here in spirit. Um, hey, head on over to the OneCast fishing page onecast.com use the code the onecast to save 10 percent on your checkout all of those proceeds really help um, put that money back into the podcast we really appreciate everyone's support also head on over to uh, heroesharvest.org i know i said it in the last episode but check out those guys like that nonprofit organization is amazing if you guys want to donate all of the proceeds go to getting veterans in the outdoors we appreciate all the support um, as well and we are going to sit here and run our mouths is yeah, that accurate? Yeah, that's pretty much what we're going to do. We're going to run our mouths. I mean, right? we're going to run our mouths about stuff going on, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty much just us running our traps. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in the industry. Trey figured out we have a soundboard, so you guys are going to hear all <laughs> kinds of new things. We're, I'm not even sure that he knows what button is what, so listen, who knows what we're going to get. I don't know. If something bad or something sad happens... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like a Randy Blockett sound, right? But if something cool happens, like Luke Palmer winning, it's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to play around with that a little bit. Alex from Bass and Brews, I now, I feel your pain. Once Paul found the soundboard, you talked about it. Here we are. So we're, we're evolving much like you did. Trey now has a bunch of sounds uh, that he can interject into the podcast. But Absolutely. No, man, it's, uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about what's going on. We just finished up an Elite Series on Lay Lake. So this will be uh, two weeks ago once this comes out. So they'll just be getting ready to fish Sabine River, which we know is Ben, who's not with us, his favorite tournament that BASS does. He made him um, sound dead. <laughs> He's not Bless dead. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Ben. No, he's uh, he's just traveling for work and stuff. But um, yeah. So uh, you know, this is a little bit after. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, major league fishing just started today. The BPT started on Gunnersville, Alabama. Uh, they just finished a Toyota series, which you know is not a huge following, but good friend of the show Nick Kincaid had a solid finish down there uh, on the Strike King Co Angler side. It'll be his last year. Uh, co-angling he's got his boat coming and he'll be fishing as a boater next year so um had a top 15 uh i tried to pull it up but mlf's website isn't great so if i remember correctly he was 13th nick if i was wrong i apologize uh and he did message me and say that our long neck hooks paid, played a key role in that the, mm -hmm. the fish were finicky uh, lots of short bites so he was uh he was able to capitalize a little bit on that and, and catch some fish that he may not have otherwise um if you listen to our last episode we had Stephanie. Uh, stephanie Oh no, we didn't have that. Would have been the last episode we a talked about. Uh, ago. Yeah, we talked about the uh, Milliken incident with Orkin and all that. Um, so a couple episodes ago, we had Stephanie uh, Stephanie Hempel Pellerin on, uh, and she talked about zeroing and that being part. You're gonna get your teeth kicked in, and I got my teeth kicked in mm. on Old Falls Lake on Saturday. I I did not catch a, a keeper. I did catch some fish. I didn't catch any legal fish. Um, hundred percent. 
it's just in a weird phase right now. Everything's kind of postponed, but they're not really out deep yet. They're not shallow. Seems like the afternoon bite's been better from guys that I know that fish it a lot. Um, you know, they gave me some in- intel, but that those fish weren't there. I think that's probably an afternoon deal. Um, and once I figured something out, I just don't have enough lake knowledge. I don't have to spend enough time yeah. on Old Falls Lake to, to run the pattern that I got got going. So, But we, we talked about that previous to the show. And, you know, if you fish competitively or you just recreationally fish, like – it's going to happen. You're going to go out there. You're going to, you're going to bolo, you know, and it's a super humbling experience. Um, it sucks and you get frustrated, but uh, you know, talking to, uh, to Josh Watkins, talking to Stephanie, um, you know, uh, Daniel Hodge from the army outdoor team as well. Like he zeroed, I believe in Shelbyville, they fished a bass fishing league up there, uh, tournament up there, you know, it happens, you know, and it's one of those things like you probably learned something after the tournament was over. And that's, to me, like that's the most important part. It, it sucks, dude. Like there is no yeah, it other does. way to put it. I'm glad we had the episodes we've had to this point, and and knowing the people we know because mm-hmm. we've heard their stories. And you know, this is this is no big event. It was just a club tournament, but still, you don't want to go out there and zero. But you got to come away from it positive. And I know I learned I learned quite a few things, and I I learned the lake a little better. I know some some areas to check out, and so going in next time, it will be uh, it'll be a different story. But yeah, you know. Shoot your, uh, you know, for those listening and watching, I know we're not supposed to say that, but I say it anyways, and, and we'll talk about watching here in a second. You know, shoot your comments towards us. Let let us know some of your experiences like fishing tournaments or or whatever the case may be, because how how did you process walking away from a tournament or a day on the water where you didn't catch anything? Mm-hmm. You know, what did that do to you like mentally and emotionally? Because you gotta a lot of times we gotta have somebody to talk to about it you know and i know that we talk to each other consistently but it's one of those things that like man especially if you're on the water by yourself unfortunately you had your wife in the boat with you uh, during that tournament right yeah yeah so you i mean like obviously and she's fishing against you yeah, yeah so she she's did. fishing against and you and she caught two and she was, caught two so she beats you right uh but you know <laughs> you're in the a lot of when you're in the boat by yourself man like that is when you really get rattled i believe um so you know hit us up with those comments and let us know like how you process that stuff because walking away from a zero man that sucks and everybody deals with it differently you know yeah, this is probably so, the best I've dealt with it. I didn't try to sell everything and turn yeah. to quit fishing this time. So. <laughs> you didn't break your rod? No, I didn't break nothing. It was ah, uh, it was one did. of those deals. Like I, I, I just felt better after the conversations and and hearing it. And you realize you're not you're not alone. Everybody gets their teeth kicked in. People oh, yeah. zero in elite series events and and zero all over the place. I just somebody just zeroed in one. I was talking to the other day, a pretty big event and. It happens. I mean, yeah. like it's what it is. But um, yeah. So not zeroing local anglers, uh, <laughs> winning by two ounces point as well. Not even two ounces. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it's two ounces. Yeah. Went down to Lay Lake. Tough, very stingy Lay Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Davis Jr., who's a local boy, ends up winning it on yep. the last day. Yeah. By two ounces, uh, beating Brandon P- BP, yep. who led the entire event. So, uh. Really cool deal there. They're the first and I think only two um, open, or I'm sorry, Bass Nation champions to fish and win an elite event. So they both now have that uh, where they've gone on from Bass Nation champions to the elite series have now won a blue trophy. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we know, BP's won 
two, I believe. He's also got the AOI, so yeah. he's, he's got a storied career to this point. Will Davis just getting started. Uh, but 62-12, he won with. Uh, 62-10, uh, Paul and Nick had. So super tight there at the top, and then kind of fell off pretty quick. Jason Christie was next closest uh, with 60 and 9 ounces, which he lost a big one on a frog. I'm sure everybody's seen that video because it's been everywhere. Yeah. Uh, might have made it a little bit different. Brian knew, remembered how to catch a bass. Brian, right. if you see this, I'm not picking on you. He didn't suck. I'm with you because I forget how to catch a bass, and I suck right now. So um, <laughs> it happens. But uh, glad to see him have a solid tournament. Somewhat local guy from down there in Saluda, South Carolina, so not too far. Yep. Uh, Jay Zuckerit, again. Uh, Patrick Walters was up there. Brandon Cobbs. Jay Securit. Securit, Zuckerit, whatever. <laughs> Jay, one of these days, maybe I'll get your name right. I probably won't. There's too many Z's and R's and stuff. I mean, it, just, it gets me every time. Yeah. Brandon Cobb's just mashing this year. I think he's leading AOI for the he year, is, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. He had another there. top 10, finished seventh this week uh, with 54. Justin Hamner was up there. Matt Heron, good to see OG, him baby. get up there. It's OG, been a while, yeah. so good for him. And then Seth Fighter had another solid tournament. He's having a pretty decent year, but... That was the top 10 we ran through. We just wanted to make sure we talked well, about it. And, and, and what's cool, like, you know, because now we, you know, we're more advanced and you can't see it, but we have a television up there, which is neat. Uh, and we can pull up all these stats and stuff. And the cool thing is, is it, it the top 10s are awesome. But, dude, let we forget a little bit to talk about the money. I mean, $100,000 Will Davis Jr. won. And he's the homeboy, homeboy like, you know, he had the local crowd uh, rooting for him. But just under that, thirty-six grand for Brandon Polinek, thirty-five thousand dollars for uh, for Jason Christie. I mean, and, and it goes down. And I think tenth place, what fifteen thousand dollars. So, you know, when you talk about like fishing nationally and adding up all that money and stuff, and you hear it on different podcasts, but dude, you're spending a ton of money. So when somebody's like, "Oh yeah, that paid my entry fees," like, did it? Did it really pay venture yeah. fees between t- <laughs> 15 grand, man? You're getting close uh, in just one elite event. So pretty cool to see those. And it's really cool on the elite side and actually even on the uh, MLF side uh, and on the MPFL side, like all a lot of new winners this mm-hmm. year, you know, from Luke Palmer to to Will Davis Jr. to who won the jo- first? Jesse Fuentes, Tyler Rivet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Tyler Rivette, Joey Fuentes, like all those guys on the elites, yeah. they're all new, new winners. Yep. Uh, on the elites, right? So yeah, that, Drew, Drew Cook's the only repeat this year, if I yep. remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and it was no, uh, you know, no surprise during that event how he won. So it was no, not how he won. It was a little surprising that that was still going on. Yeah. But, uh, but Lay Lake, like I got to see a little bit of it. Um, a lot of really good vegetation in that lake. The elites haven't been to that lake in a long time, from my understanding. And uh, it's set up really well for those who wanted to shallow fish. But I know, like you said, it was being really stingy. Yeah. So, Benton, not Drew Cook, my bad. Yeah, I always get the Drews mixed up too. <laughs> One so. of the Drews. But one. hey, congratulations to Will Davis Jr. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're welcome, Pete. Uh, also, before we move on, um, in the background, and I got to give a shout out to our guy, uh, in the background behind Pete, you can see this is actually uh, a painting uh, that one of my guys at work did, Seth Seth Hartman. I'll give him a shout out. Go check him out on Instagram. He does all sorts of really cool art, but he primarily focuses on like the World War One 
World War II era uh, paintings, and he mixes them really well with like some modern day stuff. So he was super kind enough to uh, to paint that for us, and uh, it, it's pretty special. And and we want to get really special things inside the podcast room. So, uh, yeah. and we'll probably be publishing uh, an Instagram page and stuff like that too, so you guys can see more of the studio yeah. and stuff. And we'll, so. I'll link his Instagram in the yep. description. So if y'all didn't go scroll down on whatever you're listening on in the description, there'll be a link to his Instagram. Uh, and so, he, yeah, he painted our logo, which another local artist, Jeff Christensen, designed that for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be featuring some of his art here. I, I talked to him at church on Sunday. Um, he was, Originally, we had talked, he was going to give us some of his originals. I was very nervous about that, and he apparently got nervous, too, mm-hmm. because that's a one. And uh, so he's getting some prints made of some of his yeah. stuff so we can show it off. And I'll link Jeff down below. He's great. If you need commissioned work, uh, whether it be paintings uh, digital works, things like that. He's uh, he's a really good guy, uh, local North Carolina, but can work anywhere. And he's done work for Pen Reels, um, some bo- a couple boat manufacturers, and uh, so he's got he's got a pretty good portfolio he can show you. But check definitely check those two yeah. guys out. And uh, Trey's Trey's buddy, man, I, I look at some of his stuff on Instagram. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's super awesome. Yeah. So he's gonna have a good time when he transitions out of the army. He's got a he's got a long road ahead of him, and uh, you know if that's something that you if you can find a niche. Uh, small business niche and stuff like that, especially in today's society, like man, run with that stuff. And, and I think, you know, that's why this podcast was so important to us because there's a lot of podcasts out there, but we wanted to stay consistent. And I know we talked to the guys on Bass and Brews about it, but a, a lot of podcasters, when they first start out, they don't publish a lot of episodes. They, they publish a few and then they think like, oh, it's all going to take care of itself. Well, yeah. you know, consistency is the key. So again, huge shout out to Seth. And before we move on, uh, we did the tournament recap quickly on, on Lay Lake. There's some drama mm. in the bass fishing world right now. And this person is very well known for his off the grid series. And he does something very different than a lot of the other anglers. And that's Keith Poche. Yeah. We're yeah. Keith, Keith got another DQ. Yeah. Um, warranted or not. That's up for debate. Yeah. Uh, we'll debate it here in a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Keith, <laughs> Keith Pochet, uh, you know, had his day three weight DQ'd. Still ended up with a 28th place finish on Toledo Bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it briefly on our live last week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we go live every Friday. We call it Fishing Friday. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and Twitter, because Instagram doesn't communicate with anybody else, so we don't go live there. But um, check us out. So we talked about it a little bit. Um, he ramped his boat over uh, an earthen dam, concrete dam. It's not even earthen; it's concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's rollers there to mm-hmm. get airboats and stuff over. Uh, so there's some controversy because it's created to be crossed. Uh, he crossed it with his aluminum boat. Other boats probably aren't going to cross it. The you know the fiberglass and um, I don't know. <laughs> well. I have, I know we all have difference of opinions on, you know, how the anglers, you know, behave uh, in front of crowds and, and stuff like that. And, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a really, I think it's a really sensitive topic. And I think everyone definitely has an opinion on it. Me personally, I like the things that Keith Poche does. The reason I say that is because he reaches a different group of people. 
uh, within the entertainment industry. And that's, I guess that's the real hard question. Like, is he a professional athlete? Is he an entertainer? Is he a, I think it, the answer is D he's all the above. Right. So how do you find a healthy balance in being a steward of the profession? And, you know, I think it's still hard to define a bass angler as like, are they a pro athlete? Are they a professional gambler? Like, what is it? And so when it, as it pertains to Keith, he just does something that's very different than the rest of the crowd. Um, but you know, I think that's needed. I think, I think somebody like Keith for the fishing industry, for the entertainment industry, for the fans, he's a, he's kind of a breath of fresh air. Like he, he speaks to the people that, you know, don't go out and buy a hundred thousand dollar bass boat and, you know, have all the gizmos and gadgets that you have. Now, that being said, um, you can always say, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Should he have called the tournament director and said, hey, can I jump this? Can I go over these rollers and, and access this water? Because He didn't use the rollers, by the way. No, he didn't use the rollers, but, you know, can I do this? And, and some would say, well, it would have been as easy as that. I think, you know, he's had instances in the past before where he has called the tournament directors and say, hey, I'm, there's there's a whatever piece of structure in front of me. I want to go over it. Can I go over it? And, you know, they said, yeah, that's that's a non-issue. So I think he well, took took that has, thought. Has he had that? Did somebody confirm that or is that speculation? I think I heard something uh, on another podcast show where he was talking about like, hey, I've done this in the past where it wasn't necessarily like a concrete deal, but it was more like a like a mud embankment or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, it's just a really tricky situation, but I think that's the point of all of the publicity right now is it shouldn't be a tricky situation. It should be solidified in black and white, kind of like what you talked about, like being King for a day back in, you know, if, if I was running BASS or whatever, I would make it very clear. And this isn't the first time that anglers, in the history of professional fishing have had rules changed because of them, you know, like several anglers, I think Scott Martin, uh, you know, Roland Martin, like a lot of the professionals, the OGs, they've done something in the past to where it was contested or protested and they've changed the rules because of them. And so for me, if, if I was the, the backseat lawyer in this situation, looking at it, based on rule number 15 that your boat cannot leave tournament waters, I would say, man, that's a really subjective way of looking at it because it would be no different than him jumping a beaver dam to access a pond it is, on the backside see, of the beaver dam. it is different, though, because it's, you're talking man-made structure versus natural structure. Where I, I think they could delineate and get rid of some of the questions around it if they would just say you can't jump a man-made structure, but you can jump jump a natural structure now man-made you, there may be instances where you have to have ruling for instance keith pochet had those guys in the open last year that tried mm-hmm. to fill in the the ditch that he was running to get to a certain area because they didn't want him fishing what they thought was their waters or whatever so if somebody builds a dam across where you've been fishing and you have to get over it technically that's man-made but if they're using logs or whatever you know that that there's there's got to be everybody's like there's too much there there can't be room for interpretation there has to be because instances like that as far as the punishment there doesn't have to be any room for for 
for how that's dealt out. Yeah. And I've talked about it before. That should be clearly in stone. If you violate this rule, you lose that day, you lose that tournament, whatever it is. Um, I think I think where the question came in is, yeah, he's jumped beaver dams or logs or, or a dirt ditch or something, and he's called. Why didn't he call this time if he's done it in the past, number one? Did he know he was pushing the limits? Um Here's another another point somebody brought up, and I thought was a really good one. You know, Toledo Bend's been low for a while. The Opens have pretty liberal practice, you know, regulations and off-limit period, periods and things. They get five days of practice, which is a huge amount. What's to say you don't catch fish and go throw them into that pond? Yeah. And then no, and nobody else can get in there, uh, but you can jump your loon. And I'm Keith, if you see this, somebody's going to tag you. I know this is going to cause a bunch of drama i'm not saying he did that what i'm saying is you have to take into consideration that people will do that or could potentially do that so was that weighing on bass's mind that that there's a potential that somebody had put fish there that that maybe weren't there i I don't know bass made a ruling he followed the appeals process he lost the appeal so they upheld the loss of the weight Uh, so he ended up in what 28th we're looking right now a 28th place I think he ended up losing like three grand in winnings because of losing that weight mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, sucks for Keith. I feel for him. Like you can't help but feel bad for a guy that that yeah. to have that happen. But why didn't why didn't you call, man? Like you've called before, and now, quite frankly, I don't like that he keeps keeps it going. Uh. He doesn't need to defend himself. No Bass nor nobody has come out and said that you did anything intentionally. Mm. Um, you know, you did something. You put your evidence out there. Great. Now everybody knows. But it's like it just keeps going on. Um, there's people. It's it's another thing that's dividing the industry. And if you listen to our last podcast, uh, we talked about the the whole Drew Cook thing and, and Milliken and the Oregon commercial and him saying he's not pro angler, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're driving that wedge. Um you're doing it with what now Keith is doing. Like he, there's people saying, I'm not going to fish bass. I'm not going to watch bass. I'm not going to do this. This is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Why don't you sue them? Blah, like, first of all, you have, no, he doesn't have any legal ground to stand on. When you sign up for a tournament, there's a million and one pages of legal jargon. And one of those, they say that any disqualifications or anything are the final, are the decision of bass. Uh, it's a final decision. You sign away your rights to be able to take them to court over that. Um, now, if they came out and, and did it and said, you know, Maybe because of the color of your skin, your religion. Yeah. Obviously, you have you have some some something to go off there. That's a little yeah. bit different. But for for a rules violation, uh, which this is, whether you agree that it's a violation or not, he doesn't have any legal ground to stand on to try to sue Bass or or anything like that. And um, I, I'm not. I don't know if he's trying to sue Bass more than he. I'm is. not saying he is. What I'm saying is yeah. there's people that are saying he should. Yeah, yeah, I, and obviously everyone is gonna put their uh, you know their their. Facebook and Instagram comments in there and, and as they should, because like, as soon as you post that stuff on a social media platform, you open yourself up for all the exposure. Maybe that's the intent though is, and I, and I think he is trying to do that. I think that he wants to get visibility on something that doesn't seem like it's solidified in his mind. It's not solidified in a lot of people's mind, especially to his loyal followers. It's not solidified. So it was his day one weight. Oh, they just didn't yeah. update it yet. I wanted to double check, so he never even made it. So he didn't. He didn't cash a check. He probably finished pretty low in the tournament. So that was my. That I just misquoted. I wanted to double check because I didn't think that sounded right. But you know, I, I think 
I don't know if it would, I, I understand what you're saying. Like driving a potential wedge between the organization and then anglers that could potentially want to fish for that organization in the future. But it's not know, just that it's driving a wedge between anglers. Cause you have people arguing about whether what he did was right or was wrong. Or, and then there's people saying, well, if you hit a wave and your boat leaves the water, you left tournament waters and, it's almost like at this point you're carrying it on just to to start arguments between people, and I don't I, I don't I don't agree with it. Like I don't know that that's what he's doing. I'm not saying Keith Boucher is doing that. What I'm saying is that's what it's creating, and you're creating that negative environment where people are bashing each other in, in groups and uh, you know all kinds of stuff instead of you know saying hey BSS is an organization we think you messed up. Here's the right way to approach it. Instead of going on Facebook and running your trap and telling everybody else how wrong they are and how you're not going to support Bass and how somebody should sue Bass and take them to court and blah, 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 blah. Why doesn't everybody write an email or, or send something to Bass and say, hey, look, we don't agree. We think you you gave Keith Pochet the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Here's your rule. This is how we think you should write that rule to make it better. Yeah. Why don't you do something constructive instead of just fighting with each other on a dang Facebook post or an Instagram or or face to face wherever it's probably not face to face because most people are pansies, but um <laughs> but um you know, instead of being in each other's throats constantly and, and c- continuing to divide people when fishing further over something stupid like a disqualification in a gambling event. Uh, because it's what it is. We're, we're all just gambling in a tournament. Yeah. Um, instead of being at each other's throats, try to do something to affect positive change on the industry and the tournament circuit. Like, there's an opportunity here for us. We see things different than Bass does, right? Mm-hmm. Without us, Bass doesn't have an organization. So if we use our collective voices to say, hey, Bass, you screwed up here. This rule doesn't make any sense. Keith shouldn't be punished. Here's what we think. Yeah. Put in your rule, like, you know, earthen or, you know, natural barriers, whatever, whatever it needs to be, or at the discretion of the tournament, or the tournament director. It's not really in there. It says the discretion of the tournament director, but as we've heard, yeah. Keith say on other, he's made a phone call and they've said, yeah, you're good. Like why, I, why not make the phone call? Why does it have to seem why Keith, if you do, if somebody tags you in this, here's what I, I feel like you're trying to make it a bass first you thing. And I don't know that that's what it is. It could be, Maybe they have some bad taste because you are fishing another circuit that is a competing business, and we talked about that on our live. Mm. There's no proof to that other than than maybe how you feel. Again, you probably are privy to information that we're not, uh, but we've seen what Bass has said. We've seen what you said, and now it just looks like you're trying to – people are trying to make it it's Bass against Keith Pochan. I really don't think that that's the case. Yeah, I think that uh, – I mean, granted, everything that we're talking about here is – uh, personal opinion and, and speculation. Um, but you know, on the flip side, cause not everyone sees it everyone's way. Like there's not a, first of all, if people don't have anything to lose, then they have no reason to filter themselves. They have no reason to care about a divide in the industry, especially if you're not really in it for anything other than just going to catch a fish. Like there's not a lot of people who care about the industry and growing the industry. They just want to fish and stuff like that. Um, I think Keith, I think, you know, using social media as a platform to express your voice is a good thing because of the amount of visibility that it gets compared to 
writing an email compared to writing a letter compared to going into a closed door session, which I, he did go into a closed door session. Um, if the other anglers are mad at Keith about uh, defending himself, then I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of a, a selfish thing. Like he should be able to defend himself. Nobody's going to tell him how he should be able to defend himself. There's no black and white in that situation. Like he's using what he believes is the right way to defend himself. Right. And granted, every person in the comment section is not going to see it that way. I think that if you're trying to like protest something, you know, there's an art to doing it. I don't think there's a right way to do it. I think there's just an art to it. You can sit there and go back and forth and say, well, it'd been better if you wrote an email. And I, I agree with you. Like it's more professional to write an email, but it won't get the, I'm not saying for him, he no, did things the right or way. the people like I, it won't get the traction. It'll get traction, but it won't get the traction. I think they want, right? I think the traction that they want is power by numbers, but, but they're not getting bass. But I, at that stuff. but again, I, I don't think it's going to work right. Like look at any successful protest, successful policy change around the world and it's usually done power by numbers, but it's usually done through a specific method. Yeah. Social media is a hard platform to make a change on because it's so it's it's so unorganized. There's so many people that aren't unified on social media and it's just individual opinions to get. The, but the, when but the problem like. They're not doing it to try to affect any change. They're doing it to argue. They're just mm. they're literally just doing it to argue with other people. They're putting takes online to argue with other people. They're wasting their time. And if anybody is trying to do it to affect change, then they, they need to look and, and realize that they're not going to do anything through there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about the people that are doing it just to argue. Use that energy to try to affect actual change instead of just argue with other people online. Yeah. That's all they're doing. And and the, the last thing I'll say on it, and, and I think it is an unfortunate, and again, we have differences in opinions, but that's what makes this yeah. country great. Like we can sit here and create dialogue about it. Um, the one thing I, I, this is just something that's been going through my head for me, it appears that sometimes like, especially within big professional organizations, they almost want like a cookie cutter approach to what the athletes should look like, should act like, should, you know, things like that. Like we all, all NFL players, all major league baseball players, they all wear the same uniform. They, but you know, they sometimes when they express themselves on, let's say the field, they get a flag, right. For unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, but in the fishing industry, it, it almost appears like that's kind of the, I don't know if this is what Keith go, is going through like Keith's head, but he is definitely supporting his first amendment. Right. And he's, and it almost appears that he's like, he doesn't have a first amendment right there. Well, I mean, he has a freedom to speak, right? He, no. He, Not well, from Bass, though. Bass can well, censor his speech however they want. Well, they can censor, like, if it's if he's doing it on a... I mean, even a, a social media platform is yeah, technically a private company, right? And they can censor your stuff, too. Yeah. But it almost seems like he's annoyed that he's not like the rest of the anglers. Like he's not that guy that runs your standard 20, 21 foot fiberglass boat that does the same thing during most of the tournaments. He's just very different. I think and he's, I, I see what you're saying, but I also think he's trying to make 
make that his persona to a point. He could. He like, could. he's carrying that. And I'm sure that's who he is, like, yeah. with his backwater angler, whatever his YouTube. Off the grid. Yeah. Off the grid, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly that's what he likes to do. But, and I didn't, I didn't mean to, like... I didn't mean to cut you off with the First Amendment. Just you know how people are online. They'll be like, right. oh, they're, now it'll be like, they're violating his rights. And it's like, well, he technically doesn't have any rights on Facebook. Well, like, yeah, yeah. They can, they can stop you from doing yeah. yeah. So Bass, you know, they have a code of conduct. So he's, to- I, I know he's towing a line, and everybody does. And we've talked about Mike Iaconelli, Ish Monroe, Matt Robertson's one of the ones that's doing it now. Keith Pochet's doing it. Um, did I say uh, ish? Yeah, ish. You know, there's been guys, uh, G-Man has mm-hmm. done it yeah. plenty of times in his career. You know, there's a line that you have to kind of toe. And I think he's he's crossed that line a few times. Maddie's done it and been punished for yeah. it. Um, Ike has been fined in the past. Ishman Rose been arrested once because he fought Keith Pochet in a lock and damn. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a history of those guys that kind of toe that line. And, and there's a lot of big personalities. So, to your point... I don't think that he feels that he feels like he's different. I think that he's riding that he is different, but he's pushing it a little too hard. If that makes sense. No, I know what you're saying. You know, there's a there's an opportunity, and this is beyond like BASS, Major League Fishing, and stuff like that. If there's people that are fishing these national level tours that have this same mentality. There's nothing stopping them from creating another tournament circuit. Like, and, and, and maybe, and maybe if, if things keep going the way they're going with, you know, MLF with some of the issues that they have, which they're not huge issues. Like let's, let's throw that out there. Like you're always going to have little things that happen. You're going to have DQs. You're yeah. going to have rules violations. You're going to have those things. It doesn't mean that the organization you fish for is bad. And people mean, throwing shade at Bass for, for yeah. DQing Keith Pochet, MLF DQ'd Keith Pochet but for, for running a boat with from, from the organization. So I, I will defend the angler from saying, hey, you have the right to dis- to defend yourself. Yep, absolutely. But from the organization side, you can also say you chose to be here. Right. It was your choice. Like no one said you have to be here. So, you know, finding the the line and saying, you know what, like enough is enough. Like if I can't affect change, then I can go somewhere else. Right. And so you have to make yeah. the hard professional decision like, OK, if BASS isn't offering the platform that I want to support my fishing style and Major League Fishing isn't, then there's then there either is another one out there or maybe you create one, you know, uh, yeah, there's a there's way more to that though. Like you can't just go create a league to compete at that level. You've got to have a ton of investors. Sure, I mean, but I'm not saying that. I'm I'm saying you can do it if you can pull all the oh, logistics yeah, yeah, yeah. together. Yeah, I mean, people do it all the time. So, anyways, it, you know, it's a it's a this is going to be talked about, man. Like, and I think it took all the heat off. Uh, you know, the lead weight deal last year. Um, and we're constantly seeing, you know, a major headline in, in the fishing industry every single year. There's something and there should be something like we want anglers to push the limits uh, because A, they're in the entertainment industry and B, they're gambling for a lot of money. Um, but they also need to find like, OK, I also need to be a steward of the profession in the fishing industry to make sure I'm not sending a negative message to the younger people, to the crowds, right? Because, you know, which fans are you supporting? I say you support all the fans. You don't just support your TikTok, your Instagram, your YouTube followers. You support everybody that is a BASS member and fan. You support everyone that's a BPT fan, whatever. 
if you're not willing to do that and you only want to have your loyal crowd behind you, well then maybe this isn't the platform for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, but we can, we can talk at, at nauseum about that, but, uh, you know, this is just something that is hot. In the, it, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be done. I'm sure yeah. by the time this episode comes out, something else will happen. There's not well, and there's nothing else he can do. Like it's yeah. done. Uh, he hasn't posted in a couple of days. Like we just need to talk about it because it's it's out there. But yeah, and, but, and I I agree with everything you've said. But there was a point where he needed to just stop. And like the fourth or fifth video that said the same dang thing. Yeah, you're at that point. You're just trying to to start the organizations against me and get people riled up. And yeah, and it's just not a good look. And and we've talked about like the image that BASS wants and, and how you see every angler grew up and kind of say the same thing. And it's a grind, it was a grind out there, (laughs) you know, all of that. And, and a lot of those guys grew up through that and that's why they do that. And when you see people doing things different, I think it's great. I think a lot of what like Matt Robertson does is great. Uh, there's times that I think he's crossed the line where he shouldn't and done things that he probably shouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, but you have to learn to toe that line, and, and we're all there. And I, I appreciate that we have people like Keith Pochet that are willing to push the boundaries. Yep. Uh, but if you're willing to do that, you got to be willing to take that punishment with a little bit of grace. Sure. And I don't feel like he took it with grace. And you need to pick your battles wisely. You do. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, and and when, when it comes to BASS and, and Major League Fishing, and we talked about the, or it, it's been talked about since the, I don't know, they call it the Great Divide. Um, division isn't always a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say division between the anglers is good. Uh, I think unifying the anglers across the industry is a great thing because they can affect change, unlike an individual, like, you know, and again, no shade against Keith. Like, I think what he's doing is what he wants to do, but. Uh, when you talk about unifying anglers across the industry, that's a really good thing because they can make some serious change. The, the reason these organizations exist is because people want to fish professionally. But you got a lot of stuff that's happened with the major league fishing. You got a lot of stuff that's happened with BASS. You've had some things that's happened with the National Professional Fishing League, like you know announcing late their purse that they were going to have $100,000 payouts. They didn't get the full field that they wanted. Um, you know, canceling their championship, uh, you know, and that, and that kind they had of DQ winner. Yeah. They had the DQ winner. However, however, I think a lot of this pub, a lot of this stuff that's going on, it's good for the MPFL. And, and the reason I wanted to bring the MPFL up is by the time you're listening to this, they have already competed their three day derby down in, uh, in Santee Cooper, which Pete and I plan on making a, making a trip down there. We may make individual trips, but when there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in BASS and a lot of stuff going on in MLF, it's not necessary. It, it, it might be helping the National Professional Fishing League, you know, because if people get fed up with what's going on in the BPT, if people get fed up with what's going on in BASS, they may move over to the National Professional Fishing League. And I'm not saying that's the case. Like, I'm sure there's anglers out there who want to fish all three circuits if they absolutely could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the MPFL, man, like, you know, talk about growing the industry. Like, they are doing it. They're doing it well. I will always be a BASS fan. I'm a fishing fan through and through. I watch the BPT stuff as well. Um, but I love the MPFL uh, and, and what they're doing and how they're kind of like tailoring their format to the anglers so you know if if guys keep pushing out this negative publicity on these other organizations it might help another one out yeah you know? this won't this 
episode comes out before that wraps up, but Oh, does it? Yeah, it'll come out Thursday. So it'll be day one of their competition. Oh, that's right. That's but still, right. to your point, like, yeah, they could. Potentially yeah. there could be people. And and I think I be, 100% uh, the NPFL ownership yep. showed the right way to handle a situation. Agreed. When they had to DQ, uh, and I'm sorry that the name, I, I'm drawing a complete blank right now on yeah. who, who got DQ'd, but their last event, um, the gentleman that won the tournament, I'm going to pull it up real quick so that, so that we can talk I about think it. The, I think the guy that won um, by default was Ryan Satterfield. Ryan Satterfield won after yeah. the DQ. But was it Baron Adams? Baron Adams, that's Baron it. Yeah. So Adams. Baron got DQ'd for not yeah. having a license. An honest mistake, Yep. Uh, which very much could have been the same deal with Keith. You know, an honest mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not double checking uh, in, in Barron's case that he had his license. Keith not double checking that he could do what he did. But what the NPFL did that sets them apart is they didn't just hand out a ruling and say, here it is. They handed out a ruling and then they made a long post about what a great guy, you know, Baron Adams is. He's a guy of high integrity. Mm-hmm. He made an honest mistake. Uh, they know that he didn't do it on purpose. It, you know, it, they don't see it as tarnishing their, his image or theirs. And I think bass and MLF could take a page out of their book on how to support your anglers. Cause you have to support your anglers. Yeah. If bass had done that with Keith, you might not have seen him post the videos that he did and, and try to make it a bass is out to get me. I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but in my yeah. opinion with the way his videos were worded and some stuff, it was kind of like a, you know, they're, they're coming after me for one reason or another. Had Bass come out and said, hey, we know Keith's a great competitor. He's a guy of high integrity. Uh, we in no way are, are trying to say that he's doing anything intentionally. We think he made a mistake by not confirming that he could jump this dam. Maybe you take away that feeling of animosity sure. or, or whatever. And that's exactly what the NPFL did. And yeah. it's, a, it's part of the reason that we're a big fan of the league because they 100% support their anglers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if they came out and did did something they know they intentionally did wrong, if they had fish in their live well, if they found yeah. it with bait, lead weights, whatever it is, we know just like that they're going to flip the switch and they're going to condemn that angler and they're never going to fish for him again. Um, but as far as what – and in Keith's, in Keith's instance, we have to go out and say that we think it was an honest mistake. Like he thought he could fish it. Yep. Uh, if you read the tournament rules, it was left to interpretation what he did – Bass could have avoided all the negative publicity they're getting and the people that are upset by just making a statement supporting their angler and saying, hey, Keith made an honest mistake. Uh, Moving forward, we've talked to him, said, hey, check with the tournament director uh, if you want to do something like that, and then you'll know for sure, and we don't have to to go back and and make a decision like this. So uh, kudos to the NPFL. Uh, they're getting ready to go to Santee. I know you're actually leaving, what, Friday, Saturday after yeah. your derby? Yeah, I got a um, a tournament on Saturday uh, for the Piedmont Bass Classics. So, you know, by the time y'all hear this, hopefully I, you know, stay where I'm at in the points. Uh, maybe, you know, get lucky and get one of those W's, but they're they're hard to come by. But, yeah, I plan on uh, turning and burning, um, heading down, uh, talk to Josh Watkins today, who's the Army Outdoors team. He's fishing for the United States Army on the MPFL. Talk to Stephanie uh, Hemp, uh, Hemphill-Pellerin. She's also fishing the MPFL. And uh, going to go down there, try to do a little riding around with Josh and Stephanie, um, you know, maybe shoot some content and stuff like that, but really just continue to grow those relationships because listen, that's, that's what it's all about, you know, and not to bring it back to the MPFL and, and MLF and BASS, but it really is, it's a people business. It's a two way street as much as the 
organizations need the anglers. The anglers need the organizations, you know, or else there wouldn't be a platform for them to fish at, uh, fish on. So, you know, developing relationships based on mutual trust. And it's hard to trust people in a professional gambling state, right? Like that's what everybody's doing is they're professionally gambling, but they're also considered a pro athlete and they're also considered this. Well, you know, developing those relationships with people and surrounding yourself with people that, you know, you, you can share information with and just have a good time. Like that's important. And so that's what we're trying to do here with the one cast is like develop relationships with people within the industry and outside the industry, because there's so much, there's so many cool people, uh, that are, you know, willing to support the, the professional fishing realm, support the content creation realm and stuff like that. So we want to develop relationships and friendships, you know? And, and so, yeah, I plan on going down there, riding around with them. Uh, I've never been on Santee before in my yeah. life, so there ain't no information they can get from me and they're in an information rule right now anyways. Uh, but yeah, go down there and, and link up with them. What about you after the show? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hit down there uh final day of weigh in. So I was, that's why I was looking at the calendar. So on the twenty seventh, yeah. uh, I'm going to head down there. I'm going to get up early. It's like a what three hour drive for most two and a half, like that. two and a half hours. Yeah, so I'm gonna run down there and check out the final day away in and, and talk with our friends that fish it and, and hang yeah. out and and see all that. And uh, I was gonna try to go down Friday, but it doesn't look like it's gonna work out with my work schedule. And then I'm gonna beat feet back up here. Cause yeah, that's Memorial Day weekend. I want to get on the water. And oh, yeah, frog bites starting to heat up. It's time to get there. Are you gonna go down water. to the you oh, gonna yeah. go down the river? Yeah, man, I might have to do that with you, dude. And I will say that the the dudes or the angler, the dudes, the anglers from North Carolina are showing out on the MPFL right now between Corbishly, yeah. Jesse Wise, Brad, um, Staley. Brad Staley. Like, those guys are absolutely on fire. Yeah. And I know that they fish a lot of the local stuff here from the Piedmont Bass Classics to uh, Five Alive to Cat North to uh, the BFLs. Like, they are literally some of the best anglers that i've ever seen before and uh you know and and i and i hope and and i don't know but i hope that the mpfl stays the same but i also hope that they you know like i think there's like a lot of people that believe like well it's just a pay-to-play game with the mpfl well it's not the case like they actually do kind of look at your portfolio a little bit yeah yeah there is a process there is a process like it's not just another local club um, but I think that they're going to start doing potentially some qualifying events to fish the MPFL. You know, I don't know how they're going to do that, but that league is growing significantly and it's just another platform for young aspiring or old aspiring anglers to try to fish, you know, and, and that's what it's all about. So yeah. I'm super excited to see what Santee pumps out, uh, from the MPFL side of the house. So, um, yeah, it's going to be. Well, apparently their website's down. I wanted to look at something, but <laughs> it's all good. Wow. Maybe they're uh, maybe they got some work going on. So um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna look at something up. I'm gonna, let me try. Pete, you're not a robot. I don't want this robot? You're not a robot. Man, messed up. Anyway, um, yeah. So it'll be cool to get down there and see a uh, see a weigh in, uh, see the folks down there, and uh, you know get get up with Stephanie and them after you. Uh, you know, you're going to get down there and, and there ride is, around with them there for a is days. the potential and, and I got to negotiate with my fishing partner, but I might ask him to fish 
the May 27th tournament and the June 3rd tournament because we said it in previous shows, but I'm going to head down to Kissimmee Chain and, and fish with uh, Michael Johns from FX3 uh, during a, uh, a Heroes tournament in June. So there is a potential that my partner fishes the next two events by himself, but that's up for negotiation. So we'll see what happens. So, yeah, what, where do you have the 27th? Jordan as well. So we got Jordan. They do back to back. Yeah. So it's like Jordan on May 20th, Jordan on May 27th, Bugs Island on June 3rd. Mm. And then we roll into July and that's when the two day championship is at. And like I said before, man, like this is for me, it's fun, but it's, it's like ensuring that my skills continue to stay sharpened because I took so many years off from fishing competitively. Like yeah, I can go catch fish all day. But for some odd reason, in the tournament side of the house, it feels like it's the toughest bite ever. Yeah. You know, A, it usually falls on the worst weather ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, And B, like, it does something to your mind, your mental state, when you're like, even though I try to slow myself down as much as possible, I still feel like I'm fishing too fast. And sometimes it, it bites me in the butt. So, but right now we're doing really well. And then, you know, I don't plan on fishing the fall trail. The PVC is going to have a fall trail. Um, I really wanted to fun fish. You know, I wanted to fun fish with you down in the Roanoke and, and just kind of like hit some new bodies of water and do some content creation and stuff like that. So anyways, now I know we're just rambling, but yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of the point of the podcast though, right? Like we don't always stay struck. Um, we just kind of like throw our thoughts out there, but you know, please push your comments to us. Like we love that engagement. We want to see your thoughts, um, on any of the topics that we bring up. Everybody is entitled to pushing a comment onto our, on our social media platforms. Mm -hmm. That's what this is all about is to engage with, with everyone that listens to us and watches us. Like we really enjoy that stuff. Uh, we wouldn't do it if, if we didn't enjoy it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So make sure that you uh, you're following us on the socials. Uh, there'll be a the one cast Instagram page starting up here. Yep. Uh, it should be started by the time this comes out. We'll start linking that. Uh, head over to Facebook.com/slash the one cast. That'll take you to our our Facebook community on uh, on there. Uh, we post a bunch of information there. Sometimes we give sneak previews of episodes. Um, it's where one of the pages we go live on every Friday. Uh, so you can join in that conversation. Those have been awesome. We've getting more and more, uh, engagement and people talking. Uh, we have a pool in there right now where we're, uh, we're probably going to do some apparel. So hats or t-shirts or both. So, uh, head over there and vote. Uh, if you haven't yet, I'm going to leave that up for, uh, that'll be probably well, a couple of weeks, be two weeks. Yeah. Come then. Well, that'll be a week. Come then I'll probably get up for another week after this comes out. So make sure you go over there and vote. If you haven't, uh, it'll be pinned to the top of that page. Let us know uh, so we know what to look for. Um, and and if you listen on Apple, if you listen on uh, Spotify, uh, you can leave uh, reviews on there, even if it's one word. Please make sure you do that. Uh, I look at the number of downloads we get. We're not getting a ton of reviews. So if you're listening to this point, please head on there and do that. It helps us continue to grow the show, moves us up in the algorithm. Um and then, yeah, just come and engage. You know, we're doing this to, to be able to spark conversation and have those conversations about the industry. Uh, also, in our descriptions, if you don't scroll through those, I post links to a bunch of great organizations uh, that help veterans and, and others, uh, FX3, Special Operations Bass Anglers, uh, Heroes Harvest. Um, I have I have links in there for all those so you can see what they got going on and you can 
Uh, if you can donate money, do that. If, if you have time and you can volunteer, uh, reach out to them to see how I can do that. Uh, or just, you know, sharing the stuff that they have going out and helping them reach bigger audiences will help, uh, help us get veterans and, and active duty members out on the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that we don't, we only want to support that community. You know, we want to support anybody that wants to get That's out. Right. But, um, you know, that's a Trey, Trey and Ben have seen the healing that can go with that. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of other folks have. So, uh, you know, the, the military and service and everything y'all have done for us, you know, my whole adult life, my friends and, and family and people have been fighting and, uh, now we need to support them. We, go, we got to go so. from fighting to fishing. It's time to you go know. fishing. Yeah. It's time to go fishing. And every organization that Pete just mentioned, like we have no sponsors other than one cast fishing, uh, for this podcast, there's a reason for that. Like we have companies that reach out to us to say, Hey, like marketing opportunity and stuff like that. But like, we are particular in who we want to, uh, advertise for. Right. Yep. And, and that boils down to, do we believe in what you're, what you're selling? Do yep, we believe absolutely. in the product that you have? And so like, that's why you're not seeing ads and stuff like that. You could, but we're not doing that. Um, you will, and eventually. You, you will. But like eventually. Trey said, it's, it's about companies. We're not going to just advertise for somebody because they reach yeah. out to us to advertise. It's, it's got to be a company we believe in. Yep. Uh, they got to have a mission we believe in. It's got to be the right fit. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure that that they're they're a positive influence, and we mm-hmm. try to be a positive. I know these last couple episodes might not seem that way, uh, but we have some some opinions on things that we think were negative mm-hmm. uh, impact on the on the industry and fishing, and so we we let uh, let people know uh, that we thought that was negative, but. If, you, um, if you're not seeing, so, and, and I don't know if this is confusing anybody, but if you go to the one cast fishing YouTube page, that's where our, our, our video is pushed on as well. Um, so if you're not seeing it on Facebook, you can head on over to one cast fishing on YouTube and you'll see that painting that, uh, that we were just talking about that was painted by Seth Hartman. But yeah, head on over there. If you want to like watch us, I know myself, like when I listen to podcasts, it's usually in the truck when I'm on the way to work or on the way back and stuff like that. So it's absolutely fine. But if you're wondering like what the podcast room looks like, you can check it out on the one has a Facebook page. Or you can check it out on the YouTube page as well. Yeah, we're about to uh, do a little bit of remodeling in here and move a few mm-hmm. things around. So we'll uh, it'll be a short video, but once we get uh, we got a little air conditioner coming and yeah. uh, we got some other stuff to hang up and set up in here. So once that's done, we'll we'll probably put a video up on there. We might even show it off on the live. I don't know yet. We'll figure that out. But we'll uh, we'll let everybody kind of see everything because you just sort of see these three walls yeah. <laughs> uh, on our episodes and our lives and everything. So we'll kind of show you what we're working with just to. Uh, just so people have an idea. And, yeah. um, this is all because of you, y'all, you know, we were, we started this, uh, not really knowing what was going to happen. I don't yeah. know if we had real or unreal expectations. I, to this point, I feel like we've, we've exceeded the expectations that I had. We've got a ton of people listening and interacting and it's been awesome. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to keep growing and, uh, I'll let you uh, send us off with. Yeah. Last thing. If you're interested in sending us anything that you want, like shown in the videos or anything like that, like any cool ideas that you came up with baits or like apparel or anything like that, like we would have, we would be happy to, to show that to the audience and stuff. I think that's really important because there's so many cool ideas out there. So send us your ideas, send us your thoughts, anything that you have, we will grow this industry one cast at a time. <laughs> Perfect.
perfect. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God. It's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. Feel like it's going to be a bad day.